0: Hello and welcome to the latest Science of Sport podcast. I'm your host, Matt Solomon, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Hamish Munro. This podcast is brought to you by Hawking Dynamics, the world leader in innovative forceplate technology. Hawking Dynamics takes a user-centric approach, featuring a fully customizable cloud-based software that allows users to easily digest and analyze complex forceplate data. The technology is constantly evolving, much like an app update for your iPhone. They communicate with users on a daily basis to make their system better. In addition to all of that, they also offer some of the most competitive prices for bilateral force plates on the market, and they're the only force plate company offering a completely wireless system. So if you want to find out more, check out their easy intro to force plate section at www.hawkingdynamics.com forward slash blog. So without further ado, it's time to welcome Hamish onto to the show. Hey, Mish Munro. Welcome to the Science Support Podcast. Mate, it's great to have you.
1: Thanks for having me, pal. A long overdue catch-up and chat. So, um, yeah, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolute pleasure. So, can you give us a quick uh, introduction, who you are, what you've been up to, and uh, what you're doing at the moment?
1: Yeah, so... um I am traditionally a strength and conditioning coach who works in football. Um, like many people, went to uni, uh, got the undergraduate, postgraduate, master's, did some internships in the UK, um, uh, some premiership and championship clubs. Uh, from there, went to China, worked in football over there um, with a professional team. Um, and then from there, I was in Dubai, obviously, where I met you, um, where we were both working for um, professional football clubs out there. I was in Dubai for four years before coming home, and I now work for Bristol City Football Club as a strength and conditioning coach. Um, My main focus is with the uh, scholarship group, the under-18s.
0: That's a very swift summary, mate. You've nailed that. Excellent. So um, (laughs) we're going to discuss cluster sets today. Can you give us uh, a quick rundown? What are cluster sets and how do you use them?
1: Yeah, so I suppose before I say anything about clusters, I should say I am definitely not a cluster professor. There are plenty of people with plenty more knowledge on them than me, but I suppose what I'll do is just give my um, interpretation of them, if you like, and how we use them within our context. Um, So cluster, like many things in strength conditioning, they're not, uh, it's not a new theory. It's been around for a long time, um, and people have sort of manipulated them any which way um, to suit their environment essentially what it is is just a manipulation of rest periods so where we're used to quite traditional rep one two three four rest for two three minutes go again obviously clusters play on that a bit in that uh, in, in that example you might have um, a rest after each rep you might have a rest after doubles um, and then you like I say you can manipulate that into rep rest um, any which way you want uh, when you're applying it to Maybe it's hypertrophy, maybe it's power work, maybe it's strength work. Um, a lot of the research has traditionally been around sort of power outputs and the maintenance of velocity. Um, so it, it can be used any which way, um, and like anything, there's there's a plethora of um, methodologies that can be implemented. Essentially, the the bottom line is is a manipulation on rest periods.
0: So you've used that in uh, in a football setting. Um, can you explain what the advantages of that are? specific to being in a, in a team sport which play every weekend?
1: Yeah, I suppose it it comes back to sort of it's in-season, it's stimulation rather than annihilation. So we, we want this consistent exposure to um, high load in a strength context um, and then high outputs in a, in, a, in a more power context in terms of relating it to jumps and Olympic lift variations and whatever it might be. So... Like I said, I work with a scholarship group at the moment, so 16 to 18-year-olds. As we get in season, we're lifting quite heavy weights, um, but these guys are still young. So while they've had experience, there's still technical errors. Um, So we like to implement clusters from a technical perspective as well. So between reps, um, we can give them feedback. We can alter um, how they're lifting, the aggression at which they're lifting, um, and then obviously when you combine that with other things like velocity, those training and they understand the feedback mechanism and that they have to maintain this uh, velocity across reps and they understand it a lot better. Um, like I said, our, our strength work, our main lift, our, our squat, like a lot of people would do or a variation of the squat. Um, we, we like to go heavy when we get into the meat um, of the season. Um, that's because like traditionally we want that intensity um, that exposure that touch point but we don't want to necessarily accrue the volume and the fatigue that comes along with it
0: so what would that look like uh, for you in terms of a, a session or maybe a, a block of sessions
1: so if we take the, the, the session example so when we're into the the midpoint of the season if you like we're, we're sort of we're quite low on reps where um traditionally a lot of the research and a lot of the application of um cluster sets has been with with higher reps of 6 plus repetitions whereas we implement it with with lower reps for the sake of consistent quality so for example a lot of our guys um within their blocks in the in season will will trap our deadlift for their for their squatting pattern um and we like to use uh heavy triples uh, heavy fours heavy twos um so the track like deadlift unlike the back squat gives you almost like an ideal opportunity to reset between reps um so like i said you can give that feedback on how the rep looks what the velocity looks like what they're expecting to be hitting in terms of their speeds they can see that from the ipad that's in front of them um so that gives us a really good opportunity to sort of maintain that intensity and the quality across the repetitions obviously in in a footballing context in many contexts you can see sets that combine three four five repetitions the last two or three reps can can potentially get shitty can potentially get slow and that's what we want to avoid in terms of getting to that point from the preseason to the in-season obviously it's not cluster 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 all the time um, so the preseason period we want to accrue a little bit more volume so you might be doing sixes you might be doing eights um, to accrue that volume and you want that um, workload to be taken to the in-season so obviously the traditional shift is from volume to intensity so we don't necessarily want to implement clusters preseason, but then as we get into the season and the reps go from high to low that's when we can start playing with them so for example if we go from the an eight or a six in the preseason, a straight traditional set, then we might go to a four with two doubles with a little intra rep rest. Um and then as we develop from there and the guys are getting more technically technically comp uh complicit um competent was the word I was looking for. Then we can um then we can go heavier, we can go down to doubles, triples, and then it can be rep, rest, rep, rest, rep. Um again to maintain the quality of the intensity and the quality of the technical model as well.
0: Nice, mate. I mean, if you want to make up words while you're in the podcast, mate, that's all cool. We'll just uh, I'm literally we'll just call making up a Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Excellent, mate. Um, so, what kind of what kind of rest are you using, right? So, I imagine uh, if it gets heavier, it seems logical at least that you take more rest to maintain that quality.
1: Is that uh, is that roughly the case? Yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, I'm not like too stringent on um, how guys do it, like. Like you said, the, the common sense approach is more weight, more aggression, then you're going to need more rest. And we sort of aim for between 20 to 30 seconds. If, if guys take a little bit longer, that's fine. But if they start drifting up towards a the minute, then it's not really intra-rep rest. It's intra-set-rep, uh, intra-set rest, sorry. So, yeah, we. I, I'm not too stringent with the guys. As long as they're aware that there is a bandwidth of... Um, uh, uh, of acceptability with that the trap bar like i said compared to a back squat it sort of lends itself to that anyway because you're, you're picking it up and dropping it it's not like a back squat where the weight is on you unless you re-rack it and it becomes a potentially a bit more of an annoyance um, but yeah absolutely more weight and more aggression uh, per rep you're going to need a little bit more rest in between I imagine the, the concentric face first as well in a trap by deadlift is fairly useful so
0: you don't have uh, people dying under the eccentric face and then uh, trying to get speed up out of it. So that combination, I imagine, is pretty uh, pretty useful for clusters in, in terms of speed and power. Um, wh- what do you do in terms of velocity-based training? so I can imagine if you've got gym wear, for example, on your bar, um, after a while that's going to time out anyway, so they're going to get that feedback fairly swiftly of, oh, mate, you, you just did another set, what are you doing?
1: Yeah, so our our first team are all um hooked up with gym aware. We would ideally be hooked up with gym aware, but we're not quite as rich as those guys at the moment. So um, okay. we use we use push, which I still quite like to be honest. Um obviously the only difference is the, the accelerometer rather than the transducer, but um but yeah, we're we're pretty happy with it in terms of like the, the instant feedback. The guys begin to understand intensity a lot better in terms of what a heavy rep really looks like. Um and then like you say, going from rep to rep. Uh, they understand um, the maintenance of intensity. So also push, unlike uh, other methodologies, it won't necessarily time you out. So if you you do your rep and then you take 30 seconds and then you go again, you've actually got to physically go and press it for the end of the set. Um, So so yeah, thankfully we're not getting timed out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Saves a little bit of effort as well. Um, Yeah. So do you give them uh, velocity cutoffs, for example? Um, I imagine if you, you're getting heavy strength work in, you, you give them a, a range and say, right, hit those and the uh,
1: job's good. Yeah. Do you know what it, Like that's, that's something that I've been thinking about a lot more um, during this time off. Like, a lot of people have talked about like actually applying the velocity cutoffs in the system. Um, and I think if you can trust everybody you work with, then that works brilliantly. And especially like individual athletes and people like that who traditionally take a lot more responsibility for their physical preparation that's fantastic. Are you saying um, that footballers don't do that, mate? I'm saying traditional footballers don't do that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Good. No, no, no. Um, so, I oh, you me there? So, yeah. <laughs> no, so, yeah, it's, like I say, it's, it's that responsibility. So if you can trust them to not be cute and clever, it's, it's a bit like when we are using jump height um, readiness testing, right? If, if somebody jumps 40 and they know if they jump 32, they're probably going to get a morning off. If they're that way inclined, then they're going to do it. So like the way I tend to go with it is individuals will understand what their speed is. So obviously everybody's not at the same technical criteria. So you might say to one guy, right? Yeah. You can go for point three. Like you, you can trust yourself in the lift that it's a slow lift and you'll get up the other end. Whereas some guys you can see if they get down to that, they sort of fold up, uh, like a deck chair because they get a bit nervous of the fact that the weight is not going up quickly enough. Um, So, yeah, it's all about um, the individual understanding what they can and can't do. And then when you have that trustworthiness, definitely velocity casts make sense.
0: This podcast is also brought to you by Flex. Flex is the latest product to enter the velocity based training market, developed by the team at Gymware. Flex is the only laser based training system available. And it's this unique technology that makes Flex the most accurate and reliable barbell tracking product in the sub 500 us dollar category it's wireless portable and it's super user friendly find out why vbt is such a powerful training method and what separates flex from the competition at flexstronger.com fantastic mate and uh, from
1: all of this what kind of results did you manage to get well we sort of and i think a lot of people believe in this even if they don't want to say it out loud i think especially in younger age groups obviously first team it becomes a, a, a bit more difficult but The sort of the mantra of like maintenance in season, it's, it's, it's got such a a negative connotation to it. So we, we, like many people, we try to, to be a lot more aggressive than that. And, um, we kept our reps pretty low and our load pretty high throughout the season, um, deliberately for that touch point. You know, there's been a lot of, um, things spoken about, uh, you know, exposure to speed, um, from like a, a prevention perspective. I think we need to do that in terms of load as well. I think in terms of your neuromuscular efficiency, firing rates, your connected tissue, and everything else that comes with that, it needs exposure to heavy loads to create a bandwidth of acceptability. Um, So, yeah, we we were quite aggressive in season. We found really good results in terms of their strength gains from using clusters and their ability to repeat heavy efforts. Um, what we found when we were asking them to do straight three, straight fours, potentially technique would fall off a cliff, intensity would fall off a cliff. And then, you know, giving them that intra rest rest, um, we found a better maintenance of quality. And then with regards to both strength and power, because we used it for our jumps um, laterally in the week as well. Um, and combining that with feedback through, through vbt as well was um was really successful in terms of uh, outcomes longitudinally throughout the season
0: mate sounds really uh really good in terms of results as well um did you then use clusters for the entire uh, in-season period in
1: that case no not for the entire period for the majority of it to be honest um we did my sort of message to the guys once they had their speed and their reps was like try and maintain the quality to the best of your ability unless you're an absolute with people you're going to understand when people are fried and when people are burnt out and when people can't do it and that's when you can just manipulate the speed manipulate what they do in terms of the volume um but ideally you want to keep intensity in the program um and like we were speaking about before we came on air like it's uh, fatigue can mask fitness so i think You've definitely got to have um, definitely got to have the ability to, to, to read people with, with regards to to that and keeping them keeping them fresh in season. So
0: it's a, a big strong message to actually knowing who you've got in front of you and making sure that they're not uh, trying to cheat the system or that yeah they're not trying to be someone who's who's given out great outputs um, despite actually being fairly tired.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent, and I think. Like it's common sense that you've got to get to know pre- people pretty quickly, and then you'll get to know. I think through looking at like speeds and lifts and loads and things like that. Like if you look at, um, and obviously you don't want to be looking at your technology in session, but looking at your technology after session, you can look at somebody and say, you know, player A, he did 160 kilos at 0.24 meters a second. For that guy, it might be great player b he might have done 150 kilos at 0.24 a second you know that's going to look like a bag of shit so it's it's definitely about knowing the individual knowing where they're at longitudinally consistently feeding back with them because if you've got the right people in the dressing room then you don't need to worry about them cheating the system you don't need to worry about them lying to you when you're tired um and it's about developing that age-old word of culture right but um but yeah, definitely getting to know individuals as quickly as possible is um, is still the most important thing in the in the weight room.
0: Mate, absolutely fantastic. Could you give us a thirty second bullet point
1: summary of uh, what you discussed today? Yeah, so I went about making up words as I do. Um, <laughs> no, so no, it's good, mate. It's good. We'll,
0: we'll throw that onto the Oxford Dictionary. See what happens.
1: <laughs> so yeah, just just exploring um, very briefly in terms of how clusters can help us with our strength development our power development and how essentially the, the manipulation of our rest periods can help maintain that quality um, in season without um, inducing unwanted fatigue. So there's one thing I would say is definitely check out Greg Half on this. He's put out loads of great work. Um, he, there's plenty of presentations if you, if you search him out on the internet and um, yeah, he was sort of, along with many others, one of the originals in terms of putting this stuff out there. So he's definitely somebody to um, touch base on with regards to clusters.
0: Mate, absolutely fantastic. So uh, massive thanks for your time today. I really appreciate it and uh, hopefully we'll get you on uh, again sometime.
1: Thanks for having me, mate. It's been good to catch up and good to chat. Um, so yeah, speaking to you again soon.
0: Cheers, buddy. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks to Hamish for all of his hard work on today's podcast. I really appreciate it and I'm sure you do at home too. Before you leave, I want to point you in the direction of our Coaches Academy, and the Coaches Academy is a series of mini-courses on a variety of different topics, so you've got everything there from aerobic conditioning through to performance assessments and warm-ups. Maybe a particular interest after today's podcast is post-activation potentiation, and you can consider how cluster sets might influence the PAP effect for greater gains throughout your training. So if you're interested in that one, you can get a seven-day free trial by clicking the link in the show notes. And you can accelerate your learning as a coach through the mini courses which are broken up into digestible chunks. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks for me. I'm Matt Solomon for Science and Sport, and I'll speak to you next time.